Thank you, Becky. I appreciate that. It's a beautiful song. As the deer pants for the water, I need you, Lord. Amen. Now, this morning, we can turn this down a little bit. We're getting a little bit of a, a ring here, but uh, we're going to look at and follow the line in Luke chapter 24 and uh, follow the story as we go but walking with Jesus. And uh, we, we look at some, some circumstances and situation that happened on that same day that Jesus rose from the dead and as they walked on the road to Emmaus. So Luke chapter 24, I'll have the verses up on the screen. And then as we go through the story, we'll be looking at them uh, to, uh, to continue the story. Just the first three verses from from uh, beginning with verse 13 of Luke 24, uh, reads this way. That very day, resurrection day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. Now, it tells us here, Emmaus is a small village about seven miles due north of Jerusalem, walking along the road. So who, who were the, the two of them? Well, we, we're going to find out in the next few verses that one of them's name is Cleopas. So they are not two of the 11 disciples or apostles. And uh, these were just, uh, they, they were not just talking about the events of the day. Uh, we get the idea that they were talking about things that were important to them as they walked along. In uh, modern day terminology, they were, uh, uh, they were talking about what's trending on Twitter. Okay, so they're kind of uh, like bouncing the news off of each other. So these two followers of Jesus we're discussing Jesus. One of the topics, and it's the big, the big news item of the day, that the tomb was found empty. And then Jesus pulls up beside them on the road. That, that would be amazing. You know, but they, they didn't know who he was. They, they knew who Jesus was, of course. They knew what Jesus looked like, but God preventing, prevented them from recognizing that that was him walking with them. And uh, we find out as we, as we get started into this story that Jesus knew how they felt. And he was there. He, he came and, and helped them in their, in their feelings and in what they, were, what they were going through. 
the very next verse. And he said to them, what is this conversation that you're holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still looking sad. Now, the scripture shows how these two felt about Jesus. What are you talking about? What is this conversation that you're, happen that you're having? Uh, let me in on this. And that, that immediately they stopped walking. Have you ever been in that situation where you're faced with explaining to someone uh, what just take, took place and it was, it was just one of those things where you just got to stop. You got to stop what you're doing to, to get the context to, 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 to go deeper in the conversation. And uh, it saddened, it says that they were looking sad. It probably saddened them that they had to relive the experiences that they felt over the last few days. Because we're talking about what we call Easter afternoon here. And so they're looking back to, to, uh, to Jesus being beaten and crucified and, and Saturday when there was no, there was nothing. And then the tomb is empty the next day. And uh, the, the possibility of explaining it to someone sometimes brings full impact of that event. You know what I'm talking about? Where it just kind of grips you that you, I've got to go over this again. And I've seen this, this often and sometimes on the news, you see how that there's just been a terrible event took place and, and, uh, and then a reporter sticks a microphone in somebody's face and says, describe what you just saw. Well, that person is just frozen. You know, there was this happened and that happened and this. So they, they, it, just, it just kind of freezes you to say it. Continuing, verse 18 says, Then one of them named Cleopas answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that have happened there in these days? So just to be sure, Cleopas, one of the two, did you just get here? Where you been? You, you don't know what, what just took place? And the implication is, if you've been anywhere near Jerusalem, you would have known what just happened. And he could have asked the question, did, are you from Mars? Where did you, there's no bus to get off of. So how did you, how did you not know what took place? Where have you been? So we continue here. He says, uh, he said to them, Jesus said, which things are you talking about? And they said to him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who is a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified. But we had hoped that he would be the one, <clears throat> he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, besides all this, it's now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Some of them, some of those who were with us went to the tomb 
and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. So they're recounting this whole situation to Jesus. And by this time, they're probably, okay, let's keep going. And they're, and they're walking along. So they are explaining to Jesus what was bothering them and what, what they're talking about. And obviously to us, we see that these men knew what happened, but they didn't know the significance of what had happened. They knew the story, but they didn't know the rest of the story. So Jesus was going to tell them, wow, wow, that would be, I would love to be there. Have Jesus walk along with you. And books and books and books have been written about what Jesus starts to explain to these two. Because as we look in verse 25, and Jesus said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe that all the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? He's asking them. He's coming right back with this question. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them and all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Wow. What a conversation. What an explanation. Every preacher's dream right there. Jesus is kind of laying it out from beginning to end. Jesus knew more about the events than these two did. And he begins by reminding these two of what he had preached, that the Redeemer of Israel must be delivered up for death. And if you recall, you remember, Jesus preached the same thing. And they all turned and walked away. They all left. John chapter 6. He's trying to explain to them the significance of his blood and his body and the Last Supper and communion. And, oh, brother, this is too much for us. And they turned and left. And Jesus looks at the disciples. Hey, you want to go too? And Peter just says, he's, he's honest. He says, where are we going to go? You got the words of truth. There's nowhere else to go. So here's Jesus, and he's going through this. And uh, the, 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 this event caught these two totally off guard. They're depressed. They don't know what to make of it. Jesus knew this, knew where they were. Can you imagine? They're probably not the only ones on the road walking to Emmaus back and forth. And you mentioned all of the... All of the people in Jerusalem, there were up to 2 million at the time of the Passover. It's estimated to be in Jerusalem. But these two, these two, Jesus knew what was in their hearts and their minds. He knew what was going through in their lives. And Jesus picks these two. Oh, I got to catch up with them. And then he's, and he pulls up and he's walking right with them. He explains everything to them. And then he begins with Moses. He begins with the Old Testament, the text of the Old Testament writers, that this was God's plan all along. God was not caught off guard. This, what happened today, is the culmination of God's plan all along. So we continue in verse 28 and 29 
so they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he was going to go further. Oh, well, you know, he's gonna, they're going to go in this house and he's going to go. He kind of takes a step or two down further down the road. But they urged him strongly saying, stay with us for it is toward evening and the day is now far spent. Keep that in mind. But he says, so he went in to stay with them. Jesus, okay, all right. And he, go, he turns and he goes into the house with them. So Jesus, he's, he's going to go on. He's going to wait and see. He's, that's what he does with us, right? Are you going to invite me in? Or, are you, or should I go? He asks us all along the way. We just take it for granted. Oh, I believe in God and I believe in Jesus and everything's good. And me and Jesus, we got a good thing going, you know. But if we don't invite Jesus in, we don't have anything going. And if we don't keep inviting him in, he's acting as if he's going to go down the road. And they, they weren't finished hearing. Hey, we want to hear more. We want to hear more. Please stay with us. Keep talking. Keep explaining. So Jesus stays with them all along. They don't know it's Jesus yet. This guy, he knows all about Scripture. They know. They would know all about Scripture as well. They still didn't recognize him. Although by now, he was the focus of their attention. He's got us, and we're, we're listening to what he has to say. And when he was at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. And they said to each other, oh, boy, where'd he, besides, where'd he go? <laughs> they said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us? As he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures. Uh, next. And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. That's getting dark. It's getting dark. They already said that. The day is spent. The evening is here. You know, but it, it didn't matter. That same hour, they're up and they're going back. The seven mile walk back, he's, he's on their way back. And, and they found the 11 and those who were with them gathered together <clears throat> saying, the Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. That's how he was known to them. Did not our hearts burn within us? That's a, a sermon I remember as a teenager uh, going to, let's just say, not a Nazarene church. But the pastor at that time talking about the word of God and burning within you this the deep conviction and the knowing that that the word of God is getting in there and and working on our hearts and that's what was going on in the hearts of, of these two men so I want us to notice the rest of my points here that the, there are some things that we are hungry for today and uh, and he replaced expectations with truth and he began with Moses, Genesis, right? The beginning. And he went through the prophets. This was their Bible. 
The Old Testament was their Bible. They didn't have a New Testament. So he just went from beginning to the end, from Moses to the back of the book. Now they knew the scriptures, right? Any good Hebrew Jewish man, woman and child is taught deeply the scriptures of God. And so, but they filtered these scriptures with expectations. We do the same thing. We take God's word and we filter it down and we think, I read this, so this is what God's going to do. So we have expectations as we read God's word. And they even said, we were hoping this prophet who worked miracles would defeat the Romans and return Israel to its position of world power. That's what their expectations were of Jesus. And it's remark remarkable to me to, to see that Jesus gently rebuked them. He rebuked them. The first few words earlier here we read, I can't, uh, let's go back. Um, oh, foolish ones, slow of heart, right? To believe, why don't you believe all that the prophets have spoken? So why rebuke someone for not understanding? You know, why don't you understand? What's wrong with you? And because their understandings were based on the filters that they placed on God's word. God's word says this, and so I expect this. But really, does God word, God's word say what you're thinking? Is God promising what you think he's going to give? So when we approach the scriptures, this is a good thing for us to pick up here. We need to not rely on preconceived notions. We need to see it as it is. And this is an error that Jesus was trying to correct in the minds and the hearts of these two on the road that day. Because when we, when we do that, we should hear the voice of Jesus saying, oh foolish ones, slow of heart to believe all the prophets have spoken. So when, we, when we're looking at the Bible, and, and we're thinking, well, if I read this, if I do that, God's going to be there. He's going to do that. And he's going to send an angel to wipe my brow. And we're going to give me everything that I'm looking for. And if I watch this preacher on TV and uh, man, he's going to, man, God's going to send what I need. And the God, God's probably looking down and saying, oh man, they're not getting it. You're not getting it. And he's laying it out to these two from the beginning to the end in the Old Testament. So how did Jesus, how did Jesus overcome the wrong expectations and preconceived notions? He began with the beginning, Genesis. He ended with Malachi. He didn't just pull out one obscure statement and verse. See, here's what it says right here. Why don't you believe that? And he didn't pull out one verse and create a whole theology out of it. He used the whole thing. And he said, this has been God's plan all along. This is a great and glorious day. It's taught in Genesis when the first prediction of the seed of woman having his heel bruised by Satan. It's taught in Exodus, pillar of fire by night, the cloud by day. In Numbers with the serpent that was raised, every book in the Bible, Jesus is there. 
that we would have a suffering kingsman redeemer. Taught in the book of Ruth. The whole of scripture interprets scripture. Amen? The whole of scripture interprets itself in scripture. So beware of somebody who takes one or two statements and tries to start a doctrine from it. Right? And tries to start from something from Doctrine means truth. And God presents his truth by systems. The whole interprets the whole. Not just part or a little section or a piece, but the whole. And if you don't know what the scriptures say, well, you need to get in it. That's all I got to tell you. You can't understand the truth of God if you don't know what the Bible says. You can be pulled and jerked all along here and there with every wind of, of doctrine and naysay and thinking it's the truth. You know, you go to a, well, I bought this from a Christian bookstore. Oh, yeah. Now, who's the writer? You know, what do they say? What kind of person is it? You don't know. Just because it's, it's got scriptures in it. Well, what, how much scripture is, is it teaching the right way? You need to look at it. He replaced confusion with vision. He showed them a greater plan. Look up, right? Something more wonderful that Israel, than, something bigger and better than Israel being the world leader. This is, this is bigger than that. I remember uh, uh, Greek class years ago at St. Harolumbus. And uh, electricity went out at, uh, at St. Harolumbus Church before class time was up, and so we're in the total dark. And uh, so the teacher marched us down the hallway. There's about 15 or 20 of us in this class, and we're going out, and it's raining outside really bad. And, uh, and uh, so the we happened to go past the office and we caught up with, with the, uh, the priest, uh, Father Pastrikas, Michael Pastrikas at the time. And so he's walking along with us and uh, we get to the, he's asking questions and he always tries to encourage the little Greek students, hey, you know, how, to, how to learn Greek better, you know. So we're standing outside this, in the, in the foyer here, waiting to go out when the rain lets up, and he asks us a question in Greek, and he expects us to give a Greek answer. And so he asked this question in Greek. I had no idea what he was saying. And the teacher, the teacher says, she, she said something in Greek, a little lower, please. So he says it again, same thing. You know how, okay, so you go from adult speak down to probably teen speak, and then the teacher says, the teacher and the priest looks at all of us and we're standing there still going, I don't know how to respond. So she goes, so he goes, a little lower please, and he just went, you know, how simple do you want me to make this? <laughs> so he gets us down to a little kid level, this, this question he asked, and I forgot what it was, but I remember saying, I could understand the teacher going, uh, we don't understand lower, we don't understand lower, and him going, Oh boy, <laughs> this is the beginner class. Uh, and, uh, but we're getting it down there, you know, so, so Jesus was explaining to these two, he's, he's giving them, the, the plan is so much bigger than what you're seeing. You've you got to be up here thinking, 
and looking, not down here, not down here, right? He showed them the kingdom of God. He showed them the plan of salvation and forgiveness. He raised their vision from earthly to divine as, as he's speaking here. And uh, we need to spend much more time thinking, acting, responding with a divine look and a look upward with a plan in our lives. We can be so hung up in, well, God's doing this to me. Why is God doing that to me? When it's there's so much more. He's got more of a plan. Maybe what's happening to you eventually is going to reach out and save somebody else. And maybe you're, you're, you're going through this to be a, a blessing to somebody. So God, Jesus took the disciples from earthly thinking to divine thinking. And he wants to do that with you today as you read God's scripture. And then, then the, finally, he replaced sadness with faith. When he had broken bread and gave it to them, their eyes were open. Whoa, this looks familiar. This looks familiar. They didn't get the whole picture until Jesus broke the bread. Oh, now we know. Now we know who it is. And as soon as their eyes were open, Jesus had somewhere else to be. He's gone. And he reappears somewhere else. When I read the Gospels, he's back in Jerusalem where the disciples are still behind locked doors. Or he's on the seashore looking for, for Peter as, as Peter said, I'm going back to fishing. Jesus was needed there. Bang, he was gone. He didn't have to, oh, got to see it, get up and walk and start, start off walking seven miles. No, he, didn't, he had that type of body at that point where he, he left and he was gone. He appeared behind locked doors to the disciples. They didn't, he didn't have to knock and for them to open it up, but he sat down to eat with them. Figure that out. And when you do, let me know. But that's what kind of body he had. And uh, they didn't get it until Jesus broke bread. And that reminded them, reminded them of who he was. And we're told that many in Christianity and many in the church today, they, they hope to benefit from proximity. I hope to benefit from proximity. Well, they're hoping that going to church and acting the part is going to be enough. Well, I, I go to church. I go to church all the time. Man, I even give to church. I can name a few people that I give money in the church. That means, man, I'm, I, my ticket is punched, you know. And then they call up and say, hey, send some of that money I gave to somewhere else. Well, good luck with that, you know. That doesn't buy you a ticket into heaven. Now, they, they may not have partaken of the living bread who instills real life, opens eyes. They, they've not trusted in, and called upon Jesus. Their eyes are still closed. But they're occupying a seat in that pew or in that chair. And they come. And today, Jesus breaks the bread and he offers it to you. So will you take it by believing in him and asking him to save you? But when these men were there, they knew who Jesus was by what he did when he explained that at that last supper. So they were in that room somewhere. 
when they heard Jesus say that? Will, he, will you let him be your Messiah? Will you let him be your Savior? And then their eyes were opened and they said, Did not our hearts burn within us as he was teaching us? Don't miss the power of the burning heart. Listen and say yes to him. And then 33 to 35. And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem when they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. That's true. We know it's true now. Then they told them what happened while they were on the road and while he was breaking bread. It, it probably wasn't convenient. Hey, don't, don't matter. Let's go now. We got to go back and tell them. We got to go back and find the disciples. And so they did. They turned around. They went right back. Let's get out of here. Let's go tell them. There was urgency involved. And they told anyone who had listened what happened to them. They became missionaries. They, anyone who listened, he, he was walking with us. We didn't know who he was. The, what was their message? It's right there. He indeed has risen. He has risen indeed. Amen. Ali Thosanesti. And appeared to many. Changed, he changed my heart. He opened my eyes. And many have enjoyed the news and are looking forward to celebrating with him. I praise the Lord that he gives us all those opportunities. He knew what they were going through emotionally and, and, and mentally and physically. They stopped. Uh, can, you just, can you just hear him when Jesus says, what are you talking about? Uh, and they stopped. We got to tell somebody else. Where you been, man? It's all about him. The tomb is empty. And then when Jesus broke bread, oh, that's him. It burned. It burned inside. Have you ever had that burning? You're looking at the, at the God's word, and I, especially in the Psalms when I read in there in the devotional time. Oh, man. He is with me. God is with those. He is a present help in time of need. Praise the Lord. And in the, in the prophets, right? Though there's no sheep in the, in the pen, right? Yet I will trust in God. Habakkuk 3, 15, 16, and 17. Whoa! That's real. That's real. Let it be real to you. Let's all stand. Father, we thank you this morning. We give you praise, we give you thanks for your word, for the resurrection, for the reality of the truth that you are with us, you have risen indeed. And we give you the glory and praise in Jesus' name. Be with each one of us here today and help us in, on our road to, to be missionaries to those to whom we see. That we can speak the words, he is risen indeed. And we give you thanks and praise for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.